Hello, everyone, and welcome to the In Squash podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson. Today, it's episode 47 with Jenny Duncalf. Uh, really happy to have Jenny on, and we had a great uh, conversation about uh, several topics, including her rise, PSA rankings from, I believe she said she turned pro in 2001, and it didn't take her long to get into uh, the top of the, to get to the top of the game. She had already been a European uh, junior champion, so obviously the talent was there from the get-go. And we talked quite a bit about uh, her career, especially being part of the uh, Nicole David era and having spent uh, several years just behind da- Nicole in the uh, in the rankings at number two. And also uh, she has several th- other things ongoing. Obviously, uh, many of us know about her injury. She's recovering from a hip injury, and uh, she's hopefully going to be back on court soon. And we talk a bit about that and her new gig as the uh, MC for PSA Squash, which I got to see firsthand in Dubai uh, in June for the Super Series final. And that was really good. I thought she did a great job. She had some uh, really intriguing uh, post-match interviews, which I'm sure she's had uh, several of uh, even before the Dubai event. But uh, I guess that's what uh, that gig brings with it. And uh, she knows the player as well, so... Uh, maybe knows uh, how a bit more how to get more uh, out of the players during uh, these post-match interviews. So, uh, Jenny Duncalf on the podcast today. Now, just a couple of things I'd like to uh, talk about before we get into this. Uh, first, I just want to have a drink of coffee here. Uh, now, firstly, uh, the Nats event just uh, just uh, finished up with uh, Declan James uh, showing that he's ready uh, to make a move this year by beating, uh, James Wilstrup in the final and also Nilly uh, Gillis winning on the women's side, uh, great event. And, uh, it's just come, I guess recently, uh, Joey Barrington, uh, mentioned that it was, he was really, really impressed with the event. It's, and, uh, it may be the best venue, if not the best uh, in terms of crowd, in terms of the, the total package that the event, uh, offers. I'm paraphrasing there, but, uh, that from Joey Venue, which brought about a discussion I th- on one of the squash communities, I think squash stories, about why that is, what, what is Nance uh, doing in terms of marketing the event, uh, maybe it's the venue, maybe it's the way they're marketing it to the squash community. Is it the squash community or are they just, um, is it sort of like Grand Central where there are people who aren't familiar with the game just dropping in and watching? But um, I posted a video of... Uh, Adil Makbul, who is the number one player in the UAE, and he played in that event a few years back. It's a rally, just a, like a, a short rally, which he wins with a, with a perfect backhand cross-court nick, and the crowd just goes crazy, and they're chanting. I'm not sure, maybe his nickname, or they've given him a nickname, uh, which he's acquired throughout the event. just seems like uh, that's something, a dynamic of that event that... Uh, might be unique to the Nats uh, International. So there's that discussion ongoing on the squash story. So that was my contribution. We'll see. I haven't checked back to see what uh, anyone said, but uh, we'll see how that plays out. But a uh, great event. And I don't know if any of you are uh, net fans of Netflix. I'm sure you are, but it's been a few years. Uh, I binged on um, Breaking Bad. I've watched all three, was it all three seasons in a matter of a two weeks maybe and then after that it was House of Cards seasons one through five and then I stopped for maybe two three I guess it would have been two years um the the series Ozark was recommended and I couldn't get enough of it uh just finished up 
uh, season two last night, and man, what a what a great uh, series that is. So I'm just wondering, do I keep going with this? Find another series, um, which I've got a few uh, recommendations from friends, or is that enough? Um, thank you uh, for thank you all for listening. I'm really looking forward to episode 47 today with Jenny Duncalf. Enjoy. Okay, well, welcome to uh, episode 47 today, and we're delighted to have on. Uh, a lady who's been uh, Team England. Uh, she has 100 caps, at least uh, 100 for Team England. Uh, she was European junior champion, Europe, two-time European women's champion, women, uh, winner of the World Team Championship for England in 2006, a Commonwealth Games silver medalist. And uh, in 2009, she reached number two in the world and stayed there for for a few years. Uh, Jenny Duncalf is my guest today. Jenny, thanks uh, so much for coming on. No worries, Jerry. Happy to be here. Yeah, great, great. Well, firstly, uh, I, I'd like to ask you, I know you uh, recently had a surgery. Uh, was that on your, your hip? Is that? Uh, yeah, that's hip? right. On my uh, right hip. I'm just uh, sat, sat down here next to my lovely crutches. Okay. Um, with their squash grips on them to make them a bit more comfortable. Car- caracal squash grips. Okay. They, <laughs> Absolutely. They're... My favorite white caracal grips. <laughs> yeah, non-slip. Uh, uh, that's good. Non-slip so far, touch wood, yeah. Yeah. Well, you um, need that in yes. the weather uh, over there, don't you? Yeah, it's actually not been too bad, mm-hmm. um, believe it or not. But yeah, so it's actually three weeks ago yesterday I had the operation. Uh, so just kind of getting doing the rehab daily, uh, lots of exercises, which are quite slow, but they're progressing. Uh, I can go on the stationary bike at the moment and hopefully uh, possibly some swimming uh, in a week or so. So okay. got physio in Manchester on Tuesday. So yeah, just taking it each day as it comes really. And uh, how do you feel? Is, uh, pain, is it still a bit painful or is it start, um, starting, to, uh, starting to feel a bit better for you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I've got nothing really to compare it to because I've never had an operation before, but compared to the first few days, it's definitely better. It was quite sore to begin with, but I feel like I'm, I can get off the crutches um, around the house and my exercises are going well. I'm progressing with those and I'm not feeling too much pain at night. Whereas before the operation for a while, I've been struggling to sleep at night and sleep in certain positions um but yeah it catches every now and again but i think that's pretty normal three weeks in but yeah the pain's bearable (laughs) okay and was it something that did it was it just over time i would imagine with most hip injuries it's just a wear and tear from playing squash yeah yeah it's pretty much um playing squash all my life i think i thought, I thought sport was supposed to be good for you but <laughs> um i had yeah i mean long story short it it flared up a couple of years ago right um i had scans uh in england with the same and yeah a couple of issues came up but at the time i was kind of um a goal of mine was to play in the commonwealth games and if i'd have had an operation then that would have been completely ruled out um right. so i figured i'd wait until after the Commonwealth Games and reassess things. So I've been managing in, uh, it quite well, to be honest, for a couple of years. Uh, no, the, that was the one previously, uh, Gold uh, Coast, Australia. Okay, Australia. Yeah. Okay. yeah, in April. And then this summer, um, it kind of flared up again, <laughs> unfortunately. Right. And yeah, just re-looked at scans and just decided it was um, the right time to get it done and probably needed needed to be done hopefully will improve things in the future 
Right. Well, I mean, uh, your career started, uh, I think, back in uh, 1999. So you've had, you've spent a few great, uh, many great years uh, on the tour. Uh, you broke, I think, broke into the top 10 back in 2005 and won your first uh, major event in 2003. So obviously the, the early years, which began in uh, 99, uh, they would have required patience and development uh, during that time. What do you, uh, looking back, what do you remember about the road, uh, your road to the uh, the top 10 back in the early days? Um, they always, the, the time that people join the tour isn't always necessarily correct. It's basically, they say it's when you've paid your first membership. So is, yeah. in 99, I was still fully at school and probably played about one tournament a year okay. <laughs> or two yeah. tournaments. When did you, so that's uh, when you joined the tour. But when I f actually went full time was 2001. Okay. So just not long after that, once I'd done my A-levels, I uh, went straight on tour. And yeah, luckily for me, um, it, it I feel like it happened quite quickly, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. I was so keen. Yeah, it's and only two years before you got your first title, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, I mean, you, you probably know more than me. I can't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> but I just remember trying to play back then, actually. I've never been one to kind of look at tournaments and ranking points and dissect everything to try and, you know, mathematically figure out my best chances of getting up the rankings. For me, I was always just wanted to play as big a tournament as possible that I could get in and play as better, as good a players as I could, because um, obviously the more chance you've got of getting better points, um, I figured if you played well, your ranking takes care of itself. So I had, right. I think I had a few kind of good wins when I started, as a lot of youngsters do on tour. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I just remember absolutely loving it. I couldn't, I couldn't get enough really. It was just so exciting playing, playing matches, um, and then also just being around the top top players uh, at tournaments and you know Hong Kong Qatar I just loved watching all the top men and women um, yeah. and, and I guess probably learned quite a lot and then getting the chance every now and again to play a top 10 player it was yeah brilliant yes and uh, I guess fast forward a few years in, uh, in 2009 you had you had a great year you won the I believe the US Open and the Qatar Classic in that year and you also uh, had two uh, two wins in a row against, uh, I guess, the newly crowned goat of women's squash, uh, Nicole <laughs> David. Uh, did wins uh, like that ever give you the belief and confidence that you might be? I mean, you obviously you won two in a row against her. Did it give you that kind of belief that you could maybe uh, take over the number one ranking from from her at the time? Was that something you thought about? Or yeah, of course. I mean those two tournaments I remember it was it was brilliant of course to get those titles but I think for me having played Nicole since we were under 13s or under 12s at the time or 14s um and I'd lost her so many times <laughs> and I have done since it was more I think I was more thrilled to have actually got finally got a win I think it was yeah, my yeah. how, how did it feel when you beat her the, that that first time uh, in 2009 what was that uh, what, what do you remember? I remember I mean, for all I know, she was probably half injured. I don't know. <laughs> but um, I remember it was at Carol Weimler in Brooklyn, which I've always had fond memories of and always still enjoy playing there. And I, I won three love, which was bizarre. Um, but I just remember not missing a thing um, mm. and just just attacking everything and and literally maybe not even, I can't remember, just, you know, 
there's not it, it's very rare that you have a day like that and just everything comes off and and that I think gave me the belief to beat her again not like a couple of weeks later I won three two and it was a lot a lot tougher yeah. um, but perhaps six months earlier if I hadn't got that initial win I may have struggled to cross the finish line so I think for me it was almost more of a big bigger deal beating Nicole because I always felt I could beat anyone else um, right. but I'd always massively as everyone else had <laughs> struggled against Nicole so it was kind of a relief to have at least got a win against her and yeah. two on the trot was great and then yeah to find out as I said I've got no idea about ranking points I think I was six in the world at the time and I remember in the presentation in Qatar um, somebody told me that I was going to be number two on the next ranking list and I couldn't believe it wow. <laughs> so yeah that was a pretty pretty good day <laughs> that gave you the incentive to move up uh, to beat her again I guess yeah, but I didn't. Oh, that, that was the second one. Okay. Yeah. That was the second that was the one. Second yeah. one yeah. So uh, I'm just wondering, like you mentioned how, and we all know how dominant uh, a force Nicole was for so many years. And, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, it depends on how you look at it. You were uh, right there, uh, part of that whole story. Uh, how did having to compete against her manifest itself in your, your sort of mental preparation for an event that you played in against her is it something like um that you and your team made a, made a conscious effort to to deal with uh in your preparations um not particularly i mean uh, when you say my team i've, I've never well, had i'm like, assuming you had was, it. Uh, i mean I've, always, I've had a coach but i okay. and england squash strength and not serena williams like or anything, yeah. no there's not like seven of us sat down <laughs> over a table just like planning to take over Nicole David's dominance but maybe right. we should have done but obviously between myself and DP David Pierce and my stepfather and coach um right. yeah of course we spoke a lot about Nicole and uh, different ways to approach the match but going into um an actual tournament you know the cliche the cliche it's the cliche because it's true it is kind of every match as it comes and it's not until uh, I'm playing Nicole that I would really get to grips with it but of course during the training back home I, I was, she was always always the one that the tough <laughs> the kind of massive challenge that was extremely difficult and, and no one could really do it for a long time to, to to stop her it was it was very hard yeah and after a while it it became it's hard to play someone so many times and try different approaches and yeah. still lose every time. It's, a lot of scar tissue there. Difficult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I mean, it was only, it was less than a year ago that you actually won your last tournament, if I'm not mistaken, the Monte Carlo uh, classic. Now with this uh, injury. Qu Queensland <laughs> open, I think it was a year ago. Monte Carlo was a couple of years ago. I think. Was it? Okay. Um, so yeah, it wasn't that long ago that you were uh, on the podium uh, on the PSA tour. Are you plan? You're, I'm assuming you're planning to return to competitive squash uh, once you recover. Or, um, is that, yeah, I mean, is that the I'm not really making any big decisions right now at the moment. I'm just concentrated on on each day and getting myself in as best physical shape as I can. So when it comes to, you know, November, December time, January, I can be in good enough shape to properly know whether I, where I'm going to be able to compete again and, and take it from there. But right now that was quite a long way away. So at the moment I just, I just want to concentrate on my rehab and getting to that physical place where I can make that decision. 
Um, right. But yeah, at the moment, I'm definitely getting into shape to play squash. So we'll see when, that's when good. I well, that's get good, to yeah. that point. <laughs> well, like I said, I mean, having, having one uh, less than a year ago, that's got to be in the back of your mind, uh, something that's saying, okay, well, I, you know, I wasn't, uh, I was right there when I left the game pretty much. So. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I was number one seed in that tournament and it was only a 10K, so I should have won it. <laughs> right, right, right. But, <laughs> but uh, a lot um, of young, a lot of good young talent. And uh, I, I mentioned this a lot on, on several podcasts recently. I mean, I'm really enjoying, you know, the, the, the women's game at the moment. There's so much uh, depth and so many good players, not just in the top, but top 10 even be, uh, and beyond. It's really exciting to watch. Yes, the strength and depth is unbelievable these days. And that's, you know, something I have thought about. And I've obviously been ranked pretty highly. It's kind of like what, if I do get back and carry on playing, what's actually going to satisfy me? Or like the last few years haven't been great. Um, right. So, and it's not getting any easier. I'm going one way age-wise and the yeah. strength, you know, there's so many good players out there. So it's, yeah it's very strong at the moment which is great for the women's game it's brilliant yeah that's great yeah yeah um now just i'd like to talk to you about um about your partner rachel in in may you and rachel announced uh uh that your your relationship you became the first openly gay uh, squash players and uh, uh congratulations for uh, stepping up and and announcing that i know that you you <laughs> mentioned that it wasn't uh, something that you were you felt that you needed to do but uh, anyway personally what did it mean to you to come out and uh, what has the the response been like I know it's been great uh, from the squash community but personally for you uh, at the time and since then yeah um, I mean I don't want to make it like you know I don't want to make it uh, be blasé about it or anything like that because it's obviously a massive issue in, in many people's lives um but i personally feel quite fortunate that for me i i've never really i've never i've never actually i don't know if even it's never been a big deal to me for me i i've met someone and fell in love with them and i've never felt that i have to label myself or anything like that mm. and everyone's always been understanding of myself and and rach um but I, so it wasn't off our back that we wanted to do the article, but uh, James Zug approached me um, at the British Open and, and said he'd like to see the article and he thinks it would be great platform for kids in America and stuff to, to see. And, and yeah, I've never been massively open about my private life. Um, right, right. So at first I was a bit like, oh, not sure about that. And then, yeah, the more I thought about it, I just thought, why not? It's, I didn't feel like it was kind of any skin off my nose because I'm more than comfortable with myself and my relationship and my relationship with other people um I'd never had any problems but I know I'm more than aware that a lot of people do so I just figured you know we've got an opportunity to if some young college kid in U.S. squash or something reads it and feels like it's you know more accepting um then great like why not I don't think there's obviously no problems with it but yeah and everyone responded um really positively uh but yeah i mean it hasn't I, yeah i don't want to no I, dumb it down at all but yeah i feel very fortunate that i've not really i mean when we first got together i did i was 
didn't think anyone would ever know. So I've come a long way since then. But for me personally, I've never felt, I've never been that into labeling. And, you know, I met someone, I love them. I think anyone who can, well, hopefully, who has I mean, that joy more, is, is brilliant. I'm get, I guess with the, when, when people uh, decide that they want to make these announcements, I, I guess it's with the end game being that it's, you shouldn't have to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when when it happened, I think that those couple of days, because I am usually quite private about personal things, I was a bit, you know, you get suddenly tweets and PSA announcements, the first openly gays, God, and I'm thinking, yeah. there's been loads before me. Well, this, this must have made uh, sort of international, <laughs> uh, nationally, it must have uh, uh, got some exposure as well, did it? Uh, like BBC? Uh, a little bit, yeah, yeah. and just yeah. locally. Um, locally in my hometown in Harrogate in Yorkshire, a couple of interviews I did that I thought were about squash. Suddenly, like there's that added element, which is fine. I'm happy to talk about it. And again, I think the more, but the more it becomes normal, which it pretty much is these days, yeah. um, the better. But at the same time, I'm aware not everyone has had an easy road like I have, and and. You know, there's nothing to be ashamed of, and good on them. If if uh, if if an article helps one person feel more comfortable coming out, as you say, um, then then great. Yeah. Now uh, you did mention. I think I'm not sure if it was in the James Zook article or not, but uh, I'm going to quote you here. <laughs> you said that <laughs> it, it it's an interesting dynamic that we actually uh, compete against each other. Now, when I look at uh, <laughs> thankfully the PSA uh, website, there they've got that head-to-head. Thing. Oh dear, so, what's this? I'm so, not sure you know, what it'll 10, be. It's 10 all. Is it? Yeah, it's 10, according it's 10 to the all. Uh, 10 all. So uh, you've played each other 20 times. Have I won more in the last, did you win more at the start? It looked like she, like you had won the last few. I didn't, um, I can go in and. Uh, <laughs> here, wait, wait. No, don't worry. No, no. no, no. <laughs> oh, we're going to have to play one more time. You can't leave it 10 all. No, you can't leave it 10 all. There, you, you got to go out and do it, uh, you know, maybe do a pay per view or something. Yeah. Well, who won the last one? You're only as good as your last I think, result. I think you won I mean, it the might last be me. one. I think it was you. Yeah, yeah. But uh, okay, I was going to say, say uh, so you've played 20 times. What's it like between the two of you? Uh, uh, in the lead up to uh, in those competitive situations, how how do you uh, what's the relationship? Uh, uh, good question. It's um, it's pretty it's it's pretty relaxed and totally normal to be honest. Uh, cool. I mean, yeah. we've played twenty times and we haven't. There've been many different occasions we've been together. We've not been together when we've played those matches. So certain ones are different to others, but. Usually, um, it's pretty chilled because at least one of us is going to go through at the end of the day. Right. Um, right. And we're both, we like to think we're both, well, we are, and Rach definitely is. Um, well, Rachel, fair and honest she, she's top, and, she was a top five or top three player at one time as well, right? Uh, at least. She's number one in the world. She was number for one. Quite yeah. A while. yeah, yeah, that's and, right. Yeah. yeah, world champion, British Open champion four times. Um, so I obviously looked up to her a lot and one of my big wins was the first time we played when we were together uh, beat her in the semi-finals of the British Open in Liverpool um, 
and yeah so that was kind of weird beforehand but that's the only time that I felt it was strange beforehand because I wasn't used to it I'd never done it before but right. apart from that I've always been relaxed it's more after <laughs> right. but, but I struggle with it more if I've, I'm a lot more competitive than Rach is so well, that, she that gets leads over me, it yeah. pretty quickly if she loses whereas I don't so much <laughs> that leads to me I can't too. sulk for too long <laughs> well, the, you you did mention I think it was in the same article that we don't train with each other uh, because you you behave badly with her. Is that uh, yeah? That's so true. Other, actually, I know other other <laughs> couples uh, on the tour. They have uh, you know have their partners in their corners, and and uh, I've talked yeah. I talked to Ali Farag recently, and he was I noticed, and you've noticed definitely how uh, you know they're he and uh, Nora are quite you know animated and, and very helpful. And, yeah in the corner uh does that uh does that happen with you and rachel uh, uh or yeah, training and things like that training wise i don't know what it is i tell her to take it as a compliment but i don't behave that great and i'm exactly the same with my brother the only two people that i behave badly with so that's why i say take <laughs> it as a compliment because right, right, right. two people yeah. i love the most yeah. um yeah. i think i just became like a bit, bit of a spoiled brat for some reason or if something annoys me i'll just get annoyed and i would never dream of doing that in public right. and i would if me and rach played in a proper match in a tournament i would never behave like that but for some reason in practice every now and again not all the time and then she she doesn't like it, obviously, if I do that, so I'm behaving like a child. Um, but in between games as well, Rach is quite different. Like, we don't always talk to each other in between games. Rach has got a different kind of outlook right. on, she's quite quirky with her squash. So the best person to speak to her is her sister, to be honest. Right, yeah. Um, and I'm more like, she doesn't particularly like talking to me because I'm more likely to kind of, if it's not going well, I might making myself sound like a terrible person. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I'm more likely to sort of get in a huff. Or oh, I, don't, I don't get in a huff, but just it's I think I'm better with like hear, how. It's really refreshing to hear, to hear this. I mean, you don't, you know, everyone's so well behaved and you, we all think everyone's yeah. an angel, but the, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is real. So yeah, no need to be uh, ashamed uh, to admit these things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, a year ago or so, I think you took on the role of president for the women's uh, part of the PSA. Uh, what drew you uh, to that role? And uh, what are some of the initiatives? I know the equal pay uh, across uh, the board is uh, one great initiative that seems to have uh, bore some fruit recently. What type of initiatives are, are you working on currently in that role? And how did you end up there? Uh, well, initially, I was part of the board with the WSA in 2014, off the top of my head. Um, and that was, so I was a board member and there was talk of merging uh, with the men's game with PSA. And I was, I felt like that was the way forward for mm -hmm. the sport at the time. And I still think it's it's been a great success since we did merge. So when we merged in two I think it was April maybe April 2015 um I actually didn't put myself forward for president but um I think it was Tommy Burden at the time sort of put me forward and uh and I you know I said I said yeah I felt like I could represent the girls that was my main 
my main kind of aim and concern was to, at the time, it was such a big change, obviously, and not many players always like change, but I felt like the future, for the future of women's squash and squash as a whole, um, mm -hmm. I thought having the men's and women's tours together under the same board and senior management was, was the way to go. Um, so I kind of, my concern was making sure the women's side was um, looked after as I had totally foreseen and it, and it, and it has been, um, but just, yeah, make sure the women's interests were there and, and yeah, and equal prize money has always been a massive, massive um, priority for, for the board at PSA and we've made big strides in that and we're continuing, that's always on the, on the agenda you know what tournaments how can we raise the prize money not just for the women's and not just equal prize money but for the guys as well I mean our women's prize money has come on leaps and bounds but we still want to push the mm -hmm. men's obviously um we've got some great tournaments around the world but we could if I'm honest we could do we need some more um middle middle of the road size tournaments is where is a big um also a big priority because the top end of the sport is fantastic um, oh for sure we do have a lot of world series events or well, actually not world series anymore in the tour structure but platinum events um but we, we don't want to forget you know the middle the you know the 30 40 ranked players that has to you have to earn a living and that we need um a lot more of the kind of middle of middle yeah. of the road tournaments but the the bigger we can push at the top as well it all trickles down so well, that'll open up the game a lot more won't won't it i mean what, if there's that uh, type of uh, if it's there for the middle of the road players as well uh it'll yeah advance the game even more you would think yeah but it's great like since we've merged and the it's constantly kind of evolving in terms of mm. technology and access that and PSA behind the scenes work so hard on improving social media, the coverage at all the events. Yeah. It's, it's, it's getting so much better and getting marketing the players, getting, giving the public a bit more access to them behind the scenes, oh, for sure. interaction, things like that. So, you know, it's, it's a work in progress, but we're trying our best to keep it growing. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, with the merger anyways, I mean, I, I've, for one, I watched a lot of squash, but it was mostly the men's game with, uh, uh, over the years. But with the merger, I mean, it, it just brought to my attention that how talent, how, how exciting the women's game is. So just from that perspective, yeah. uh, both men and women playing the same events, I think the women's game's probably always been this way and we've just been exposed to it yeah i was just gonna say i noticed on your twitter account actually the uh the world uh you you mentioned the world surf league also they they they're yeah. <laughs> that's quite a do you, do you surf at all jenny uh <laughs> i live in australia but i don't i've attempted oh. it that's a rite of passage like over to. there right? oh yeah as soon as i retire i'm definitely getting out in the ocean and giving that a go i had a great time doing it but i ended up with um bleeding and had got no. a skin rash on from the board and all sorts but I didn't notice until like three hours later and I had blood all over me and <laughs> I think I thought, that, that's maybe I'll of... wait till I retire <laughs> most most Australians they when they wake up in the morning before breakfast that's what they do don't they? yeah <laughs> <laughs> but no I did see that last night only just last night that the WSL had um 
yeah, gone for equal prize money or all con- WSL um, controlled events, which is great news. That's great news. Yeah. So uh, now you also, along with your uh, duties as the, the president of women's uh, PSA, you're also doing a MC uh, stuff for the PSA post-match interviews. And, and uh, I thought you did a fantastic job, uh, as I mentioned, uh, at the Super Series Finals in Dubai. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that, it was really good. You had some uh, great interviews. I'm going to ask you about one of them in a second. But what, okay. drew, what drew you uh, to that role? Was that just something that uh, they, again, they asked you to uh, take on as well? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's not something that I'd ever particularly thought about. I'd if I was, if I had thought about it, I probably would have thought, oh yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that. Um, I'm interested in, I love sport. I enjoy listening to athletes. Um, so I think it was British Open 2016 was my first one. Um, and I think it was Beachley Beachel asked me, I'd done a little bit of commentating um, yeah. and Beach yeah, asked me if I'd be interested in doing the MC. So I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm not sure about that. I, don't know. I just yeah, thought, yeah. why not? Well, then you know, you're in front of everybody, try, right? Yeah. Try different things. And yeah, emceeing is a hell of a lot harder than commentating, that's for sure. Right. Um, well, I know that the commentators will kill me if they hear this. Um, but yeah, it was pretty nerve wracking the first time I did it. Yeah. But I really, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's a lot harder than playing squash, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you seem I'm to. I'm not used to work, having it, like working all, all day. In- <laughs> no exactly being in heels and things like that but no it's been fun it's been a different definitely a different kind of vantage point from being a player but it helps I think that I know most of the players and I feel relaxed and comfortable with them and hopefully they feel that with me um so yeah it's good fun Oh, exactly. I mean, uh, that, that manifested itself, I, I think, uh, in your interview. There, you had a few good ones. I mean, the Ali Farag interview following uh, the Nick Matthew match and then the Knicks, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Knicks last match. But I wanted to ask you about uh, uh, the intriguing uh, interview with uh, Laura Macero after her, her match with <laughs> I thought SJ. you might uh, ask about that. I, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, uh, we, it was really uh, a lot of people were talking about it afterwards. Uh, do you remember maybe what you were thinking at the time as, uh, as Laura sort of vented a little bit there? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I was thinking and kind of hoping it would be juicy. Um, yeah, okay. and I, know, yeah. I know long legs, oh, Laura, sorry. Um, yeah very well so I could see I could tell a mile off by the look look in her eye that she wasn't going to hold back right uh, which it's difficult because we're friends as well so but at the same time I kind of want her to say what oh, for so sure. I think she initially said you know whatever happened on, on the court it didn't end well and so she um just off the cuff just went for it and, and said whatever she said and then I guess I had the option to just I think my next you know to move on but I thought mm, like stoke it a little bit more no, which exactly, is probably yeah. bad I don't know and I no, think no. I just mentioned them being uh, both from England or but I think you know it's Laura's does great interviews because she's open and honest yeah well, she was um, on my podcast would, and uh, it was just like that and it was great a lot like yeah you like yeah. she um that's the you, no one really wants to hear the mundane interviews that that people repeat over and over again and you don't really get too much insight into their personality 
Um, so yeah, that's why people would have talked about that particular interview because it was probably the most interesting one of all week because <laughs> yeah. everyone likes oh, a bit sure. of drama and a bit of <laughs> bit of juice, don't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I know you've got a dinner date uh, this evening, so I won't keep you uh, keep yes. you much longer. Vanessa Atkinson's making me a vegetarian meal. Oh, oh, lovely. Okay. Uh, but before you go, I just wanted to know, I um, uh, noticed you actually hit a few golf balls uh, on the on oh. Twitter as well. Uh, do you play? Uh, I had Daryl oh. on the podcast yesterday and he was, ta- all he wanted to talk about was golf. So uh, He loves I, it. Dad yeah, loves yeah. it. Yeah. Um, How about you? Well, I was just giving me horrible memories of a few weeks ago. I, um, when I was back in Australia in Brisbane and I, don't, I actually hit a golf ball in Dubai because it was at the Emirates golf right. club right. Uh, on the driving range. Okay. But I haven't actually been on a golf course for four years since before the last Commonwealth games where I did nine holes with Emma Beddoes who like absolutely loved it. Right. And then Rodney Martin, who was in the gold coast a few weeks ago with Abdullah and uh, Peter Creed. And he asked me if I wanted to play golf because I was injured and stuff at the time as well. I was a bit miserable not being able to play squash and thought, why not? So I went down and tried to join in with the boys doing 18 holes. Okay. <laughs> shared uh-huh. a buggy with Ro- shared a buggy with Rod, uh, okay. who's like a ridiculous golfer. So that was quite relaxing when when I had to drive off the first tee and totally shanked it <laughs> so uh, i guess I'd they say, were giving um, you a bit of a hard time were they yeah it was quite clear i hadn't played in four years hit a few good, good shots but uh quite a few bad lost a few balls put it that way but it was a tough course there was water everywhere and bunkers oh. everywhere okay well uh maybe so uh dream next- for improvement when you when you come for the Super Series uh, final next year, I'm sure you'll you'll have more opportunity to play. I think PJ he he uh, he likes his golf as well. So yeah, if yeah. he doesn't take you out, then uh, then I'll I'll take you for a round if you're interested. Thanks. I've actually played played with PJ probably more than anyone else actually. Oh really? Okay. There used to be uh, we used to have a little golf course opposite the squash club, so we'd play nine holes a couple of times. And, right on. Uh, yeah, around Harrogate. Well, I just want Jenny. I just want to uh, wish you all the best with the uh, the remaining the remainder of your recovery. I hope you get back on. Thank court you very soon. much. And uh, all the best with everything going forward. And enjoy your your vegetarian dinner tonight. And send my uh, send the regards of the In Squash podcast to uh, Vanessa and, and James. Right. Yeah, James is actually playing tonight. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, or yeah. I don't know if it's tonight or tomorrow, but it's in tonight, the tournament yeah. in Nantes, uh, okay. which looks great. So we'll see if we remember to turn on Squash TV for that. <laughs> right on. Okay, well, take care. And thanks again, Jenny. Thank you, Jerry. Cheers. Take Cheers. care. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, uh, thank you again so much, Jenny, for coming on. I hope I didn't keep you uh, from your veggie uh, dinner with uh, with Vanessa Atkinson, and I uh, hope I, uh, you guys got to watch James. Uh, he would have won that match, and uh, he got all the way to the final. So, uh, again, thanks for coming on to the podcast. Really enjoyed it, and we look forward to uh, you uh, resuming your, your career on tour and also to your MC duties uh, as well for the PSA. And uh, upcoming, we've got several uh, really interesting episodes on the In Squash podcast, so stay tuned for those. 
Everyone, thanks for listening. Good luck with your squash, and have a great day. Goodbye now.